You're listening to the Jets Nation Podcast. Hey, I'm Cody Bueller, joined by my brother Kyle. On today's show, we're going to talk about Line A, Connor, and Bufflin, see what's going on with those three players. We're going to talk about the preseason and roster reduction. The Jets have made some cuts. All right, so for segment number one, it is our Line A, Connor, and Bufflin update. And now that was your update. There's really nothing new, Kyle. Is there anything you've been hearing, or what are your thoughts? I mean, nothing other than pure speculation, and you always have to take those things with a grain of salt uh, as far as Bufflin's concerned. Uh, rumors swirling earlier this week being seen at uh, a patio, um, having a, a supper, and potentially saying to people while he was eating that supper that he's going to be playing this year. Um, I wouldn't read into any of those things. Nope, it's I'm reading into 100%. it. I'm reading into it 100%. You have to. All right, Bufflin, Bufflin on the Earl's patio. He the, says he's good to go. We believe the Bufflin eating supper, so we'll go with that. Who do you believe more, Darren Dreger or a girl from the patio on Earl's? I mean, we've got to take the girl from the patio. Definitely going with the girl from the patio. I just think that's just the funniest way to break that Bufflin's probably going to be coming back. Uh, one of the best that I've seen in a while. Uh, as far as Line A and Connor goes, really, there's absolutely nothing on Connor. Even Line A talks have died down. You see all those really cheesy uh, hockey rumors websites posting lots of stuff about Line A. I saw one there... Uh, Winnipeg Jets scouts were at the Leafs and Montreal Canadiens game because potentially there could be something between the Jets and the Canadiens. I actually had a friend chatting with me the other day about trading Patrick Laine, potentially getting his sweet D-man in return. So let's just quickly touch on that here in the first segment. If you're going to be trading Patrick Laine, what are you getting? What is a must in return for the Winnipeg Jets? I mean, it's tough because... We've seen trades potentially fall apart due to contract things. Um, specifically talking about Jacob Truba, everybody thought Jacob Truba was going to command the absolute world in a trade, and then the Jets get Pionk. Um, so Who we still haven't seen quite... in a regular season game yet. Right, exactly. But generally, people thought that was an underwhelming return, uh, and it was because of the contract situation, right? Well, pretty much 100%. There was a limited number of options that Chevrolet have had to make that deal. If the same thing happens in regards to Line A, I'm not saying it will, but if that something like that does happen, it could severely limit the return, and it might not be what fans expect. That being said, if you're going to get full value uh, for a three-time 30-goal scorer coming in as a rookie through three years as 21 years old, I mean, the sky's the limit for a trade in that sense. Um, you would have to command either a... A uh, for sure top line winger in return, a top line defense. It would, it would have to start with something to that effect. The tough part is it's really hard to find a one-for-one -one trade in the NHL that makes sense for Patrick Laine. I think no matter what, you're going to be giving up the best player. The only way is that if you're going across positions... And so I think that's the only way it could make sense that a team that has depth at a certain position could give up a high-end asset in order to get somebody like Patrick Laine up front. And so now, to me, the only way that would kind of make sense is if you're getting up an elite defensive player as well, that would then kind of balance out. And I think... When Ottawa made their trade with Mark Stone, they got Eric Brandstrom, who's apparently an elite-level defensive prospect, but still a prospect. I think the Jets would need somebody who's an NHL roster player already 
in order to make this make sense. So I think if you're looking at somebody like, let's say the Columbus Blue Jackets, I would maybe target like Zach Wierenski. Here's a young, stud, amazing blue liner. That would be some. That would be like a starting point that I would want if I was the Winnipeg Jets, or if I'm looking even to Tampa Bay. Like, say, let's put Mikhail Sergachev on the blue line, and then somebody else. What do you think about those kind of pieces, or like, who would you be targeting in an ideal situation? Montreal keeps getting thrown around. I've heard people talk about Drewen. I don't know if I'd want Drewen in a line A trade. If we did, it would have to be Drewen plus a defensive piece to equal up to line A. I mean, it's good in theory to think about, but do you honestly think any of those teams are going to say, I'm going to give up Zach Rowenski plus more to trade for line A? I don't know if you can get more in those situations. I don't don't see that really happening from a Columbus perspective. Are they going to say, we want to give up our best upcoming defenseman that we think we can re-sign after three years and keep him around for a long time? We're going to give this guy up for a player that we've never seen in this organization, that has had contract issues in the past, that has defensive issues. I don't know if if another team does that. Well, again, they need to have some form of depth at the position, and maybe Columbus isn't the right one. I just don't know where that is as far as... And really, that's what our podcast is all about, though, is hypotheticals and having fun making suggestions like that. What would be proper value back for Patrick Laine? So would you do, in the whole full hypothetical sense of the word, would you do Wierenski for Laine straight up? Pro- yeah, I would say so. I would do that deal. Like I, To me, Wierenski is a very high-end young defenseman Similar age, I think slightly older than Line A, but would be a mainstay on your blue line for a long time. And so uh, so I just don't know what other teams would have good comparables. Maybe Provorov, somebody else who's kind of in a similar situation to Line A. Maybe it's one of those players, maybe the negotiations doesn't go well, kind of like it's going with Line A, and we kind of swap problems in that sense. Maybe, kind of like what we we've seen trades like that before in the NHL. Oh, yeah, it's definitely possible. There are often guys that need new homes um, and then flourish when they get to a new destination. Um, But generally, it's tough to make trades for those sorts of players, and it's really tough to just find similar value out there, um, especially for a guy like Line who has three full seasons. It's just teams aren't going to want to give up their their defensive prospects for that and and from the Winnipeg Jets perspective they don't like you said they don't want a prospect and, and that's kind of the real kicker here is that the Jets need a roster player in return so you you're going to need to talk to teams and say you need to give up your second best blue liner to us, and that's where the, the the deal gets difficult because teams that can't just say, "Oh, we'll give up our, our future because we already have a competitive team." Well, no, a team in return would have to give up something today and, right. and lose a valuable piece of their organization. That's the only way it's going to work, at least if that's what Winnipeg wants. Which, if they want to keep contending, you'd want uh, a comparable type player. So I think that's where the sticking point would come in, trying to get a team to actively shop their second-best defenseman currently on their roster. Because I think we can agree, though, if you're trading line A, you're targeting a defenseman, right? You would think. There's no reason you can't target a forward as well, just get a a different player. Um, 
But it's just like when you look at the forwards, you've got Wheeler and Shifley, already two first-line locks. You got Ehlers and Connor, who are both second line players as well. So you've got four players who are already making substantial amounts of money and are guaranteed top six players when you've got really when you look at your defense, Josh Morrissey, and then maybe Bufflin's back, maybe Bufflin's not, as far as like legitimate top four defensemen go. Or at least top two. Yeah, so maybe you're looking for a, a second-line winger and then a top 4D. Could you get both of those pieces? And that's maybe even tougher to find. The problem is trying to find a, a suitor for the Jets in line A, if anything. And, like, this is all pure speculation. I don't think the Jets want to trade line A. Like, I don't think there's any urge whatsoever that they want to even remotely think of a deal. I think the Jets want to sign Line A. They want to get him to a, a three, four-year deal, and they want to keep him around as long as possible. Because why wouldn't you? Well, because yeah. the tough part, like, realistically, will the Jets win a trade in which they deal Line A? Likely not. So, in my mind, the best asset management would be to keep him in your organization for as long as possible. So all these hypotheticals, yeah, you can think about them, but I don't think it's what they want to do whatsoever. No, I am right there with you, and I don't think they want to trade. I don't personally want to trade Line A either. I just think it deserves a little bit of a discussion for those fans who do as far as what the Jets will be getting back in return because I don't think just first-round picks is what the Winnipeg Jets want right now because right now they still want to try and win with this group that they have. Moving on now, let's take a look at uh, the preseason, how things have been going, and uh, it's been quite a few games actually since we last chatted. That's up next in segment number two. So the Winnipeg Jets have played four preseason games since our last podcast, which was last week, Wednesday, the 18th. The Jets actually played that night, beat Minnesota 4-1. to They then lost to the Blues, kind of reminiscent of what we saw last season. They had a lead late in the third period. They gave it up and then lost in overtime 4-3. Jets beat the Flames 4-1 in Winnipeg, lost on the road 2-0 last night. Jets have two preseason games left against the Oilers tomorrow and then the Minnesota Wild on Sunday before they start the regular season. Kyle, your thoughts on the last few games? I know you've been watching a lot of hockey. Yeah, if, if you want to check out the kind of a more in-depth uh, analysis, I've been putting up a, a takeaways from each game uh, the morning after every single game. You can check out the last few on Jets Nation. Uh, but it's very much dependent, uh, the games in general, on, on who's in the lineup. And we saw specifically uh, against Calgary, the game in Calgary, the second match between the two, Calgary iced an almost, almost entirely NHL lineup. Uh, the Jets going with an entirely moose-filled lineup, minus Morrissey, Cop, and, and that's about it. So you can really see the, the disparity of the Jets getting severely outshot, outplayed, uh, losing that game. But the games uh, at home, you, you, generally, they put on a, a bigger spectacle for the fans, and we and we've seen those games at home with Shifley and Wheeler coming in, and Ehlers playing, uh, Roslevic Little. Generally, those top, those top six players are playing at home, not so much on the road. So it's really been a mixed bag for me. Um, we've seen some decent performances from uh, some of the bottom six guys. Uh, Andre Chibasov specifically has had a pretty good training camp. A few really good preseason games. He can make some noise and, and find his way onto the fourth line to start the year. Uh, Jack Rosovic, I think, has been really good as well. Um, on the back end, has been a, a really mixed bag. Uh, but the uh, the one sticking out for me in my mind is uh, um, Vili Hanela on the back end. 
he's been phenomenal. Um, pretty much every game he's been in, he's been one of the best defensemen. Uh, at 18 years old, nobody's really expecting him to do anything, but he could really surprise a lot of people. He's been excellent. Uh, just his poise with the puck, his first pass ability, he's been, he's been one of the best defensemen overall uh, for the Jets in the preseason. So now let's just look at the preseason as a whole. Do you think this preseason system that we have right now is broken? With basically the Manitoba Moose playing the Calgary Flames last night, you see the Calgary's affiliate playing the Winnipeg Jets in Winnipeg. Is this what the fans want? Is this what the teams want? They play their veterans at home so the fans can see them, but then they get inferior opposition. They go on the road. They bring their backups. Is this broken? Is this a broken system? Or is this just the best way to do it to give the fans at home what they want? I don't know what what another option is. I mean, technically, they have to dress veterans for every game, right? Yeah, I think so, it's, there's so many they have to dress. But then when they get around that with Latestu and Gabriel Bork, I think counting as veterans. Right, so you can dress your bottom six, and obviously it's not going to be as strong. It is what it is. Um, I mean, realistically, you could argue that, yeah, it's broken. You could make them play their guys on the road. But, I mean, you want to get a good mix between playing your starters, playing your depth guys. The biggest thing, um, you don't want to get any of your your big guys hurt. Um, So you're playing those guys a little bit less near the start of the preseason. You'll probably work them in as you go on. I I don't think there is a better way to do it um, to kind of structure that around more even matchups. No, I think you're right. It's kind of boring. You're not worried about good quality of play. You're not good worried about that entertainment. You're basically just worried about making sure everybody stays healthy and the younger guys can show their stuff. The bubble players can fight for a spot on opening night. That's pretty much all it is. And so now you mentioned a few guys who stood out for you goaltending wise. I don't think there's any doubt who's the starter for the Winnipeg Jets is Connor Hellebuck. But any thoughts on Burden or Comrie? Um, for one, actually, Laurent Bossois played a couple of games. He's been pretty strong uh, in both those games, so he's going to be looking to really excel in the backup role again. But as far as the most goalies go, Eric Comrie had a, a much better second game. Um, Comrie and Burden actually split time uh, against the Flames in Calgary, the game they lost uh, 2-0. Comrie played excellent, though. Calgary dominating Winnipeg in shots, uh, had multiple power plays. Comrie made some really good saves. Burden comes in in the third period, uh, actually stops all shots that he faced in the third period. So really excellent uh, time for Burden. That was his first taste of NHL action. Uh, I absolutely love Burden's game. If you've seen some of his highlights, He's a, he's a type of player who just loves to have fun. Uh, he loves playing the puck. He loves to get involved. Um, he was out there in the corner. He actually toe-dragged a defender or a four-checker coming in and made a nice little outlet pass. He's just a really fun goalie to watch, and a lot of times goalies can be boring. Burden is the exact opposite of that. He's something I think the NHL needs more of. It's just fun to watch him play. Uh, and then after the game, gave a few really fantastic sound bites as well. You can check those out. Uh, from some of the pressers from last night, but just just a really fun player, really fun kid to watch, and he might be a, a really good um, goaltender in the next couple of years, and you never know what to expect from a guy like that. That'd be a good tandem with Hellebuck being Mr. Boring and then Burden as the backup being an exciting one. Although right now, like actual play, I want Brassois in the back of the net uh, or in, as the backup role, so I think that's fine as far as that goes. And then as far as the defense is concerned, I was watching for Hainala. Uh Yeah, he looked not too bad uh, when he was out there. 
I don't think he's going to get much more than his nine games to start. I don't know if he's going to make this club, though, long-term. or not. He's going to make the club long-term, but just not long-term this season. Or what do you think? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think you want to work him into a couple games, especially early on. Um, especially if Bufflin's still deliberating. That's a, that's a big hole. Um, you need to fill it with somebody. I think he's been good enough to warrant a shot. Why not, in my mind? Uh, so I think he'd be a, a good one to look at in the first few games and see what happens. Uh, the regular season is very much different than preseason, but I'd like to see what he can do uh, in the first couple of weeks of the season. Um, the rest of the defense is fairly mediocre is maybe the best way to describe it. Um, neither really good nor bad. Um, Logan Stanley, just not ready for the NHL yet. Will he ever get there? I'm not so sure. He'll need some more seasoning for sure in the AHL. Um, but beyond Morrissey, is looking a little bit thin behind him. But we all knew that going in, so no real big surprises. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, right? There's a lot of average and a lot of mediocre. And so I think, for the most part, it's going to stay status quo on the back end. Up front, uh, I'm really excited for this season in Nick Ehlers. I don't know what it is. Maybe I feel it's he's due. Maybe it's what we've seen in the regular season in the past I'm really high on Nick Ehlers coming into this year, and I think he's going to have a great opportunity if Connor and Laine are out at the beginning. He's definitely going to be relied upon. I hope he can start well. One thing I wanted to get to you uh, before we wrap up this segment on the preseason, the loss to the Blues, I know it's preseason. We've talked about this already, but it just brought me back to last year, and it made me so frustrated and angry, and the season hasn't even started yet. Are you concerned? Does that matter at all to you, that comeback loss against the Blues? A little bit. Um, yeah. And it has to be it, it the Blues. Me. It has to be the Blues. Like, if it was Minnesota but, but, or... But the thing is, yeah, the problem is last year for the Jets, it happened more than once. And if it was only the Blues that it happened to, yeah, I'd be a little bit more frustrated. But when it happened time and time again against the Sharks, uh, against the Blackhawks, against the multiple different teams when you're giving up late leads like that... I don't know, there's no personal, for me in any ways, no personal vendetta against the Blues because of that, but it's just a reminder that just because it's a new season doesn't mean things are changing. And what I mean by that is not necessarily things from last year are lingering into this year, but just because it's a new season doesn't mean you're never going to give up a lead in the third period and just it doesn't mean everything's going to be solved. There's still work to put in. And honestly, that might be a, a good reminder to everybody that you still need to put in the work and the effort that nothing's handed to you just because the calendar flips over. So in my mind, that could almost be a good thing as a motivating factor heading into the regular season. I hope so, but it's just a worrying point for me. Taken after the Bombers. Yikes. I don't even want to get into that. Okay, let's move on. Uh, the Jets narrowed down their roster, and so roster reduction is where we're going to go here for the final segment. So the Winnipeg Jets have announced that six players have been assigned to the Manitoba Moose. Five players have been released from their professional or amateur tryouts and will report to the Moose. And two players will be assigned to the Moose pending waivers. So that gives us a total of 13 that have been sent down. So the players that have been assigned to the Moose, Mikhail Burden, Leon Gawank, Luke Green... Jonathan Kovacevic, Jansen Harkins, and Skylar McKenzie. Get all those names right? 
My pronunciation, right. yeah, my pronunciations, I think, still needs to work on some of these guys. Uh, as far as that have been released from their professional or amateur tryouts and will report to the Moose, Adam Carlson, Jacob Cederholm, Cole Mayer, Emile Poirier, and Christian Reichel. So that means they're no longer on NHL contracts. They are under uh, AHL contracts, correct? Yep. And so then the other two players that are assigned to the Moose pending waivers, meaning other teams could technically pick them up, Seth Griffith, and Logan Shaw. Any surprises out of any of those names? Nope, not at all. And I think both of those guys will easily clear waivers. It's been a, a pretty healthy waiver wire every single day of guys getting sent down. So no surprises. Don't think any of them, either of them will get claimed. Yeah, really at this time of year, there's constantly guys moving through waivers. And for a lot of them, I've seen some of these posts of, oh, this guy made it through waivers. And you're like, yeah, big whoop. Like, you're always excited about the players you have on your roster. Seeing another team's cast-offs, especially at this point, generally there's not a lot of interest. Occasionally you'll see, closer to the season, one or two guys and the final cuts sometimes get picked up here and there. But in general, there's not a ton of guys getting picked up off of waivers. And a lot of these names are guys you barely recognize. Only the most hardcore of Jets fans. If you're listening to this podcast, you'll recognize the names. But in general... The casual Jets fan won't know anybody on that list other than save for Mikhail Burden, maybe, just because he's the goalie. Maybe Skyler McKenzie, Jansen Harkins. But, like, in general, these are pretty much depth players the Jets have drafted in the late rounds for the last few years or just grabbed from wherever here over the last little while. And so that means the Jets have 18 forwards, 11 defensemen, and three goalies still remaining in camp who need to be cut. And some of those are pretty automatic and for both ways, making the team and getting cut. Any thoughts still on who's left? Yeah, it's a little bit surprising. Like I said, Logan Stanley, I believe, is still in, in the list of uh, defensemen there. Um, he's likely going to be moved down. And uh, a few bubble guys that we're not sure yet, a guy like Anthony Botetto could play the press box role. He could be sent down. Uh, Hanela is probably going to be going back overseas during the years. Um, David Gustafson on the forwards, same sort of thing. Mark Letestu is probably going to either find his way to the press box or down when some of these guys come back, uh, like Connor and Line. So no no real big surprises. I think we're definitely going to see that. Uh, I mean, we have to see it pared down a little bit uh, in the next week. So um, we'll see what kind of order they do things um, as they're getting their roster slowly down uh, to the limit. Okay, is there a flyer of players up front that you think is going to make it onto the roster for the opening night? Not necessarily in the lineup for the opening night, but still there. So let's put this into into this category. Guys who I think are bubbles, are on the bubble. <laughs> bubbles. Uh, Andre Chibisov, David Gustafson, Mark Letestu, Yuna Luoto, CJ Cease, those five guys. Any of those guys going to be on the roster opening night? Yeah, I think Chibisov has a good chance. Like I mentioned before, he's had a pretty good training camp. Um, apparently doesn't speak much English using Kulikov as a translator, apparently. Um, but he's a big guy. He can play a fourth-line uh, winger role. I think he's been good enough to uh, to crack the opening night roster. Um, and I think uh, potentially David Gustafson as well. I really like Gustafson uh, against the Flames uh, on the penalty kill. He had a really good disruptive uh, stick in the neutral zone. He was um, doing all he could to prevent easy entry for the Flames. I think Gustafson is good as well. Those are kind of my two high hopes guys uh, heading into the regular season. Looking at defense, here's who they've got, not counting Bufflin 
and not counting or not counting Bufflin because right now he doesn't he's not there. They've got Nathan Beaulieu, Anthony Botetto, Vili Hainala, Dmitry Kulikov, Josh Morrissey, Sammy Niku, Neil Pionk, and Tucker Pullman. That's only eight defensemen, and you've got to start six. There's a chance all of those guys stay up with the big club. I guess one of them could get sent down. Are you going to say Hainala or Botetto, or who are you thinking? If Bufflin's think not back. Start, I think to start, you're probably keeping them all. Uh, if Bufflin comes back, you're probably looking at um, Botetto being the odd man out, I would say. Um, and then depending on what they want to do, you might get Hainala into a couple games. It might actually work out well if Bufflin decides a week or two into the season to come back. Hainala has played his five or six games. You can kind of do a transition then if you want to. So I think that's kind of what's going to happen. All right. Well, that does it for today's podcast. Is there anything else you wanted to add, Kyle? No, that's a pretty good uh, pretty good show. I think next week, like you mentioned, it's going to be the season preview. Season opening just over a week away. We're getting pretty close. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, the NHL season opens one week from today. The Jets season one week and a day. So a lot coming up here over the next little while. Be listening for the full NHL preview next week. And we'll get into it, not just the Jets. We will hopefully cover who's making the playoffs for each of the teams. I always kind of like it because we kind of go back to it at the end of the season, see where we missed, see where we hit. And uh, I look forward to that next week. Thanks for joining us. If you have any questions, you can hit us up at Jets and Podcast. And you can also see all of Kyle's writing and all of his work on JetsNation.ca. Find all of the Jets Nation podcasts at JetsNation.ca.